Hello, and welcome to the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Today's guest, oh my God, I'm excited. I get to speak to one of my most favorite people, somebody who has such incredible energy, a beautiful heart, a beautiful soul. She is a Renaissance woman. She's going to tell you her story, but she's had success in about five different sectors. She's lived like 17 lives. She is one of the top realtors in the entire state of California. I have the great honor of having Gail DeMarco on the show today. Gail, how are you? Oh my gosh, Michael, thanks so much. I'm, I love your podcast and for you to ask me to be on it, it's such, a, such an honor. So let's do this. Oh my God. First of all, we just had such a great time together. We were just in Cabo. We were at an event together. There were 1,300 people in Cabo. You and I got to ride on this amazing yacht with 30 of our best friends. And we saw all the whales. I know. They were breaching. They were performing (laughs) for us. It was phenomenal. It was such a great... I want to do it again. I know. uh, Was that your boat? Oh, yeah. I wish. Not yet. Not yet, my love. (laughs) But soon. Thanks for inviting me on that. That was an amazing, amazing day. Yeah, I wish it was my boat, but it was really a lot of fun. We were both guests, but it was fantastic. I love love the community on that. I mean, the people on there, I had no idea, like the guy from uh, Billionaire, Undercover Billionaire, what was his name, Glenn? Glenn Stearns, who was a former guest on this podcast, who's been so amazing. And he is such an incredible human being. His story is fantastic. You know, he was a father at the age of 15 and he is still close to the mother of his first child and everyone lives within a small radius of each other. And so it's such an incredible story of community with him. But enough about Glenn Stearns, an undercover billionaire. Let's talk about Gail. (laughs) So, you know, what was so interesting to me. First of all, I couldn't believe that you had said to me that that was the first time that you had done public speaking because everyone, everyone came up to me to talk about you. And that was extraordinary. And your story was extraordinary. So I want like the, the, the abridged version of your sort of trajectory because you had great success. I had said Renaissance woman and you had great success in other sectors before you ever got to real estate. Take me to the journey of what got you to real estate. Oh, geez. Okay. So I was a photographer. Um, I had gotten into photography actually in high school, yearbook photographer, always wanted to uh, be a rock and roll photographer. So at the age of 16, I, well, actually it's 15. uh, I was listening to hotel California and I was like, I'm going to California. And, uh, found out who the big, you know, uh, employer for the rock and roll industry was, and it was Bill Graham. So Bill Graham presents BGP. Um, so I basically followed the Grateful Dead out there. Um, and once I got there, I realized the deadheads were a lot different on the East coast than the West coast. So it was like no longer a deadhead. They had like, they were 16 year old kids, uh, with, with kids. And so I said, that's it. I'll follow let's go after something else. So then I, but anyway, I started working with Baron. That's it's, it's a long story. So I started doing rock and roll photography, um, loved it, but rock and roll doesn't pay. And then somehow I got into motorcycle photography wow. and I'll tell you what happened. 
you know, when we were nine years old, my, my, myself, my two brothers um, had a motorcycle and we had paper routes. So we would take the money from the paper routes, buy gas, and we'd ride it all day long, this one bike that we built and put it together. And the neighbors would always say, oh my God, what's wrong with your bike? You're always walking at home. I go, no, we just ride it till the gas runs out, right? And then we go deliver more newspapers. So anyway, I uh, got into rock and roll photography. Somebody had a wedding. So the Baron said to me, he goes, uh, I don't shoot weddings. Do you want to do a wedding? I'm like, I've never done one. I can figure it out. We didn't have YouTube back there. And honestly, I fell in love with that. And then I just started, I realized, well, I can make an incredible living. And I traveled the world doing that. I went, I mean, all the different places from Scotland to England, castles. I mean, I photographed like the president of Lionsgate films. I mean, we were doing the high-end weddings. So it was really, really kind of an easy transition for me to make it into luxury real estate. Um, So basically what happened, I had a motorcycle accident and uh, then I had another accident on my horse and broke this arm. Um, Oh, wow. And it was in a cast for two years. And I was like, what am I going to do? I was divorced, um, had 22 horses. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was in a 12-year-old daughter and uh, thought, okay, what am I going to do here? So I had canceled the appointment for a headshot for a realtor. And she said, and I was like, I can't shoot. You know, I, I'm so sorry. And so-and-so. And she started, she called me. And I was kind of in tears because if you would have ever told me, Michael, that I could not be a photographer. That was my life. I had never sure. pictured me doing anything but photographing, you know, with a camera in my hand. I couldn't, that's why when speaking, I'm, be- I'm so used to being behind the camera. That makes I sense now. Sure. I don't yeah. like the attention on me. And so she said, you know, you'd be a great realtor. You've got that personality. And I was like, that sounds terrible. That sounds <laughs> absolutely awful. Like, why would I want to do a boring job like that? And she said, well, you could feed your horses. And I said, hmm, okay. So I thought about it. And I, the weekend before I had my test, I had two weddings. My test was on a Tuesday. I didn't, and I was like, I passed. Couldn't believe I passed it. So it just, then I just kind of made a decision. This is, if this is going to be something God's put in my path, I'm not yeah. going to have one foot out and one foot in. Like there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, I have a side hustle. There's no side hustle with real estate. With you. Yeah. <laughs> so at that point I made a decision and I just had the faith in myself that 100% I'm going all in and I'm going to, you know, do real estate and put my camera down. And that was hard. It was like, you know, being an alcoholic in a bar. So yeah. just, you know, and I, to be honest with you, I was so uncomfortable. I, I didn't even like it for the first three years. Did not really? like it um, because I'm one of those people. I have to be so good at it. I have to be perfectionist at it. And if not, I will stay up, you know, I don't care if it's 20 hours a day trying to figure shit out. So. And that's what you've done because you've reached the pinnacle in your state, especially of what you're doing. You know, something that I thought was interesting. I see that in your social media hashtags, you use relentless realtor. And I thought that was very, very telling. Tell me why and what that means to you. Hmm. Well, being relentless. I will tell you um, one of my favorite mentors, Tim Gover, he wrote the, he wrote a book called Relentless and he yeah, was a coach. And I was like, that's what I am, you know, because I am 
you know, no matter what it takes, you know, that's how I got Baron Woolman from the, the head of Rolling Stone, the first photographer from Rolling Stone magazine to hire me. That's how I got Peter Fonda's picture because I got up at three in the morning and met him and ZZ Top and waited at a gate, you know, talking to the, the security guys. I will do whatever it takes. I would have been a great paparazzi, but I would have been one of those guys that the, the stars said, come with me, Gail, because I, I know how to, if, if my mind is set on something and I don't care if it's, um, you know, it, it could be so small or so big, but if, if it's something that's in my path, it doesn't matter. As long as I don't hurt anybody or take advantage of anybody, as long as I could bless people along the way, I'm doing, I'm going for it. It means I love that. giving up and sometimes not having a life. <laughs> that is the life of a realtor, not having a life. Yeah. Pretty much. So let me go back to the photography, because obviously as a trained photographer, you're trained to see things that others don't, right? You're trained yeah. to see it through your eyes. Your eyes become the lens. And so that to me would probably be invaluable in the real estate industry to see things that others don't. Tell me how that skill set translated into real estate. Okay, I'm glad, glad you asked that because I'll tell you, real estate is really about people. And it's about knowing yeah. people, reading people. And after doing, you know, over, gosh, I think 1,700 weddings and you're sitting wow. in a room and I, I, I would do personally sometimes um, 60 weddings a year, you know? So you're sitting in there and, you know, and, or even taking a picture. It's like, you have five minutes to gain their trust, right? Yep. It's not like, so if I can't, if I'm sitting in a room and I'm trying to figure out, cause she wants this, he wants that. Usually he's, he's disengaged. What do they really want? They're not really telling you, Hey, we don't have a $10,000 budget. We have this budget or, you know what? I really hate pictures. I don't want a camera in my face. It's all about her. So it's the yeah. same thing when you're dealing with real estate, right? So you're going to somebody's house. And because I'm a listing agent, I decided a long time ago to be the employer, not the employee. Sometimes mm. they don't tell you. They don't tell you what's really going on. So being able to read, you know, just their body language. And it's all, photos are all about body language, right? Because if you can make somebody look thinner, younger, and really give them confidence about a photo, because most people don't like photos because they've never looked good in a photo, right? Yep, or somebody's right. been in your face or they're... But when you're at a listing appointment, I always tell people it's the three D's. It's death, divorce, or downsizing. And, you know, you learn how to take clues like, hmm, there's only two pairs of men's pants in there. Okay, it's a divorce. People don't want to expose themselves because they think you're going to do a fire sale. Or, the, you know, like today. So I was interviewing today. Second interview. Now we have three brothers, three brothers interviewing us. And. You know, I have a partner, Val Turner, that I do listings with because of leverage and because she's so good at the things I'm not at, good at. I'm the negotiator. She does all the other stuff. But when you talk about that, so when I first said it, when I walked in there, I said, you know what? I really don't care if we take this listing. I said, and we have to let them know it's our decision, not their decision. Because mm -hmm. you walk in there and, you know, they have their pads. And I, the funny thing is you'll love this. So the other agent that's interviewing, she called me at 6 a.m. I didn't pick up the phone on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. And she texted me and she's like lovely. She works for another brokerage. And she goes, I'm going on a listing appointment. I don't have a listing package. Would you share that with me? 
because she's been talking to me about, you know, joining forces with me. And I said, sure. of course, you know, we uh, even before going to EXP where it's an abundance of community. I mean, I've always had that abundant mindset. I'll help anybody. Yep. So I'm like, sure. So I sent her my listing um, package. I sent her my graphics. I'm like, can you help her please? So then I said, by any chances, uh, you know, she'd call me later. Okay. What do you think about these comps? She said, by any chance, I said, do they have two homes in the property? Is, is you know, is it? Oh no. Um, and she goes, yeah. I said, is his name Major? And she said, yeah. I said, Oh, I said, I went on that. I said, I hope you get it. She goes, really? I go, yeah. I said, I hope you get it. So um, we sat there today right. and it, it was really interesting to watch the, you know, we'll tell, you know, just their posture. And at the end, you know, they were like, well, wait, 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 you know, because I was like, well, I never bring a listing agreement with me. I'm Mike Ferry trained for six years and they yeah. was like, close the deal, sign the contract. You know, it's like, it's not a deal, sign the contract. And I'm not like that. I want people to come to me just sure. like, just like EXP. They come to me. I don't call people, you know, they yeah. call me because we're developing a culture here. So as far as photography transferring over, it's like, I can, I can walk into a house and have that list in my mind of exactly because I'm so observant of things around me, whether it's roof windows, leaks. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like kryptonite. I hate it. Sometimes I hate it. Cause I just want to engage with the person, you know, when you're a visual person, it's like, That's you it. Can't help it. Yeah. So did you get the listing? I don't know. So they were interviewing okay. three people today. And to be honest, I always pray that God puts the right people in front of me at the right time. That's for it. the right reason. That's so, it. And you, know, you just said something that was brilliant. You said you are a listing agent because you'd rather be the employer rather than the right. employee. I Correct. think that that is such a powerful statement because people do not look at it like that. Everyone is looking at this market now that is so overinflated in some markets right. where inventory is very, very low and they just want to sort of run around with buyers. <sighs> but the, the competition is so tough, right? You know you're going to get paid if you are the listing agent. 100%. I've never quite heard it like that. Rather be the employer than the employee. And to be honest, it's it's been a very, very like, I mean, every weekend we're putting on a listing and every single weekend we're getting 100 to 250,000 over. And I feel so bad for these people because they're so defeated. So what we're doing yeah. now is, I mean, you know, we'll send out video messages. Hey, we're so sorry that your client didn't get this house. Here's why. And rather than just say rejected, you know, rejected. And I, yep. my heart, I feel for these buyers, uh, buyers agents, you know, and the buyers, because it is complicated. I mean, even yep. my own team, if they write on one of our listings, you know, I don't help them. I'm like, it's got to be fair game. We, I've never, I don't double end deals because it's kind of like having the same divorce attorney. My, sure. my relationship with other agents is way more important than getting a an extra twenty, forty thousand dollars. You know, I know that sounds crazy to some agents, but we're in this together. And when you have those listing agents that you know, you ask them, "Hey, can you help me? You know, what do your sellers need?" And they go, "Highest and best." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? That's what you have to say to me? Highest and best? You know, I ask for your permission to give your seller more money, and That's I right. will confront agents like that. And they're just, I, I'm like, "Well, just tell me if you have a buyer." Yeah, I have a buyer. I said, well, I hope you win. And I hope you don't get sued. God bless you. 
That's it. That's it. You know, and it's that sort of mentality, though, where when this market shifts, when there's those people in there now that are just really order takers, right? When this market shifts and they have not created the relationship with their peers, where they then need the community to be able to survive a down market, they won't be there for them. Here's a perfect example, Michael. Um, So when the refi is really busy, we were the same lender. Okay. We gave them all of our business. And then all of a sudden we weren't getting the same service and we weren't getting that relationship. And unfortunately we had to go a different route and considering we do almost 400 million a year, you know, with our team, that was a big deal for him. So they're trying to get us back and that's how we have to look at it because the market's going to shift. Right. Of course. And it is absolutely, I mean, you're, and you're going to have to pivot. So you're That's going right. to find yourself in a really tough spot, especially if you're not prospecting. Yes. And this might set us up for our next question. So what three pieces of advice would you give somebody entering the business today? Okay. So I would, I would say the number one thing is find the best team, the very best team and, or the best mentor. I mean, so, and here's how I got on the number one well, he, he now runs a big brokerage. He's the number one luxury agent, but um, I was prospecting and I called it for sale by owner and it was three and a half million dollars. I had my license six months. I didn't even, I've never been in a three and a half million dollar property. I went over to the property and, you know, I've been doing this eight years. So um, went over and he said, gosh, you know, after spending an hour and a half, he was building four beautiful homes because I normally go with this other agent, but he's super busy. So I said, well, who is he? And he told me the name. And I said, hmm, I don't know him, but I'll find. I said, if I can get him to hire me, will you give me these four listings? And he said, you know what, kid? I love the fact that he called me kid because I was <laughs> 70 years old, right? So I'm like, he goes, yeah, I will. So I found this guy and I was relentless calling him, right? And he didn't answer. And then I just sent him an email. I said, hey, my name's Gail DeMarco. Here's what I can do. If you want more of a life, I said, I'll take your car to the car wash. I said, I'll take your dog to the vet. I said, I'll take your clothes to the dry cleaners. I'll eat. I said, and, you know, I'll set, I'll set up all of your buyer tours. He called me within five minutes. And we wow. together five years and four years. He's still one of my very best friends. He's a, the owner of a Sotheby's here. I love this man. Yeah. Yeah. He's family to me. And, wow. uh, so, and that's what I did. I did everything. I designed his business cards up until like three years ago. I did his Christmas cards, you know? So even after I left him, and that's what's going. So when I have these agents that come in here, so I'm saying, find the best guy. And I, I decided, I know this sounds strange. I didn't, I'm like, I don't want to sell luxury because this poor guy doesn't have a life. He is constantly running at the last minute. We'd be at his son's graduation, you know, uh, dinner at Makuni, uh, it's a sushi restaurant, Makuni's, and he'd be gone. Like, where is he? He's go- going to show a house. I'm like, no lockbox, no life. So now what wow. I do is I just set the expectations of my sellers. I can't be here for everything. So I sure. may have another agent show it, or I may have, you know, um, you know, another agent on my team or my partner. So it's just setting those expectations. So number one, find the very best mentor or the best team, because you are a result of the five people you're around. If you're That's in a right. You're in an office and you know, 
every office is empty, right? So it's like you go into an office and the only person there is the receptionist and the manager. So you have got to be around assassins. You know, I have two sons that were in the military. My one son, he was a special ops on a Navy SEALs team. And wow. he, you know, he basically said, mom, if you're comfortable, you're dead. So wow. don't, don't ever get comfortable. And so for me, it's like you, you find that and it's uncomfortable. People think I'm you know, hard to approach or intimidating. And I, and I think it's because you, you're afraid to put yourself out there. And honestly, I will mentor anybody, anybody who says, Gail, I need your help. I mean, right now I'm mentoring a, a new agent in Beverly Hills because his parents found me uh, mentoring another uh, two year, two year agent. And when I say that coaching in Jersey, I'm mentoring two agents in Florida. I don't have time. I'm just getting up earlier. So you sure. join the one team, number two, hire a coach, hire a coach. I didn't have the money, but I decided, okay, I'm going to hire a coach because there was a gal next to me and every morning she came in and she was prospecting. So I was like, well, she seems to be busy and she wouldn't even share with me. She was one of those people that, you know, would lock the door and everybody thinks everything's a secret. So I found, you know, the coaching company, because I swear this is the truth. I told my manager, I go, open the door next to it. It's an empty office. He goes, why? I said, I want that office. He goes, why? So every day I'd be like this, listening to her. <laughs> like, okay, hi, this is Carla Carlson. Ooh, I'm picking up a lockbox around the block. Would you like me to stop by and tell you why your house didn't sell? So, oh my started, God. so then I hired the coach and then um, I started prospecting. And I still, that computer behind me every day two to three hours a day, I'm calling not just fear, but I'm calling strangers. Sometimes they tell me, Hey, thanks for calling. Sometimes they tell me F off. Sometimes yep. they tell, but guess what? I could normally turn it around because I'll just tell them, you know, when they get really upset, I'm like, you know what? I'm really sorry. I'm just your neighbor. I just wanted to call and tell you your garage door is open. <laughs> then I hang up. They go, I'm sorry. They hang up the phone. <laughs> but if you don't put your, your, oh you don't put yourself out there, and yeah. I will tell you, it's like people, what you have to realize is what I realized when I sat in front of the Mike Ferry stage, you know, I, I would see these people that were I'm like, you make a million dollars. You can make a million dollars at that. So I'm like, wait, you can make $3 million. So you don't know what you don't know. Right. That's and right. And so many people go to these conventions and then they go home and do absolutely nothing. So I will tell you, it's like, you know, for me, it's once you see, I'm like, why can't I? Well, right. like Brent always says, you know, Brent Gove, he'll always say, if you want what I have, do what, do I, what I do. Exactly. Yeah. Is the, I guess the biggest thing I've had to realize that, you know, on my team, not everybody wants what I want. Not everybody has the same goals. So if you want to sell two houses a month and you're happy, God bless you, right? But yeah. don't bitch that. You know, I get to bless a bunch of different people in a bunch of different ways or don't complain that you don't have enough. Right. But most of the people that I surround myself with don't complain. That's we right. We accept each other for who we are. And it's been hard as a high D. Can you tell to, well, to, not, want, <laughs> to not want for them what I'm building for myself? Yes. So, you know, so that's. That's been uh, an adjustment. And, you know, any leadership, yeah. you don't have pain in leadership. You're not growing. 100%. So, 
hundred percent. So what's your number three for someone? So go on a team, get a coach. What's number three? You've got to prospect. prospect. I love it. Hours minimum two hours a day. So here's what I said to my team at the team meeting probably a month ago. Um, I said, hey, I've got a job description here. There's about 30 people in the room because I had some other people join in. I go, if you saw this job description, would you apply for this job? Okay, so five days a week in the office, <laughs> two hours a day prospecting, one hour a day working on your sphere, weekends, open houses on weekends, do minimum of two. I always did four, you know, and within three years, you'll have a million dollars a year. Would that, would that work for you? Yeah, I would take that job. How do you do? I go, I just told you how to do that. That's how I did it. Just tell you exactly. Yeah. In year four, yes. I was making a million dollars. Year five, I was making a million two. Year six, I was making a million three. So it just keeps going. But I'm willing to do things just, you know, consistently what most people won't do occasionally. So that's, that's just the difference. Yes. So what's the greatest lesson you've learned in your career thus far? You've just given a lot of great sort of things to follow, but what's the greatest lesson you've learned? Oh, I would say just, just always be ready. And, you know, you Mm. can't expect a lot of people go, you know, they, they think that everything is going to go great. You know, our job is really to maintain the transaction and just to, to keep everybody, I always tell people, hey, here, here's what a real estate transaction is. Whitewater river rafting. We're in the boat. I'm going to put your life jacket on. When you come with me, we're going to put that life jacket on. I'm your guy. I'm going to get you through all those turns. We're going to go through some amazing rapids. So you're not going to, you know, sometimes we're going to get blindsided because something may change a little bit, but I'm your guy. You're, I'm going to yeah. keep you in the boat. Yeah. So, and then you have to realize that when things do go sideways, you know, in the beginning, I would take it personal and I yeah. would say, ah, oh, you know, I would like, and it would eat at me. And I, you know, it, it was like melatonin nights, but when you realize, Hey, you know, I'm sorry, the appraisal didn't come in, but you have to set their expectations from the very beginning, set them up. Mm-hmm. Hey, the appraisal may not come in. Are you, you know, are you okay? If it comes in 50,000 under, you know, here's what we can do. Or, you know, I always have everybody, just to maintain, I'm always proactive. I want to be the bus driver, you know, like, like Chuck Fazio says, sometimes, you know, I'll get your back, but sometimes I'll be in front of you. Right. I want to be in front of them. And that's why, you know, we were the probably four or five years ago, we started doing everything up front, all the inspections, everything, because I don't ever, ever want to expose my clients for a lawsuit. Haven't had to do that yet. I'm looking after them. Um, but you never know, right? I mean, we've been real yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You just never know. So just uh, don't take it personal because it'll kill you and you won't last. I love that one. Yeah. yeah, and it's true, right? It's sort of like, that's the only way you survive. And you've survived in several sectors. So, you know, we were just in Cabo, as we said at the beginning of this. And so one of the speakers was Jarek Robbins, right? And so yes, he, yeah. I love what he was talking about where you're you, the second mountain, the concept of the second mountain. So the first mountain is what we do to really go and work hard for ourselves. Yeah. The second mountain is what we want to leave for others. 
And I look at you and you just have the, the most amazing heart and you just give to others. You're the personification of that second mountain. Tell me what that means to you. Well, you know what? It's interesting that you say that because when he spoke about that, it kind of just hit me really, really hard. Before, um, you know, I came over to EX. Can I say where I work for? Of course, we've said it already. Okay, great. So before I came over to EXP, um, my partner Val kept saying, you know, what's going on with you? You kind of feel you're not the same, right? Because and I was like, you know what? I looked at her, I go, I'm just tired of being the red engine. I'm tired of being that little red engine up the hill. And so the mountain, when you go down the mountain, there's a huge void right here. And I had a void because, you know, the more you, the more that you flow and you give into other people, um, the more that you take and you're building your comp, you know, they take, and then you're building your competition one after the other. And it's right. personal, just like a transaction. They're like, Gail, you taught me so well. Now we're going to go compete against you. I'm like, right. bless you. <laughs> so <laughs> I was kind of like in that, that void. And then when EXP happened and I realized, wow, it's not just me, but it's everybody that's sharing here. And now I could be, I can open my playbook to everybody and they're opening, opening it to me. Like, I can't even tell you, like there was this one guy, he's a Santa Barbara agent at EXP. I came home to so many emails. He's a luxury agent down there. And uh, he sent me all the, all, all, you know, from his listing presentation to his playbook, to the letters. So, so I'm able to take that and share with the other people. So now I'm on that mountain of, I, I think I would call it um, blessed and building. So I'm building again. So for me, that's my second mountain. I'm excited to build because I can bless a lot of people and I can share. And I have that whole new sense of mission and purpose again. Yes. Where I was tired. I was like, where can I get, take my paddleboard and go teach paddleboard lessons and <laughs> just, you know, just shut myself down. So it was when he said that, I'm like, that's where I'm at right now. I'm at yeah. building and blessing and I want to stay on this mountain. <laughs> I never want to go and, back. You know, to I was. Yeah, I know, you know, and, and we were sitting there and, you know, and I, and right now I'm redoing my trust and starting a philanthropic sort of foundation and sort of going through all of that. And right. it's, it's that same sort of message that resonated, right? Uh-huh. It's sort of like, what, what are you going to leave behind? 100%. And so it was so, it was so, it, it, it was received at the time that it needed to be. So I'm going to ask you a final question that is somewhat related. So I love to ask this question of my guests, and I know that you've heard a couple of guests on my podcast, but in your book of life, Gail, right? what is this chapter called? God, I did think about that, but honestly, it really is just one word. It's legacy. <laughs> kind of what you just mm. said. The legacy for not just me, but for other, helping other people leave legacies. And yes. for me, most of the people that I've worked with, I mean, I had a agent in my office earlier today in his 60s is one of the top agents he was like crying in my office because he doesn't have anything to leave his children I'm like I can help you do that I can help you and on the outside a lot of these agents look like they have a lot of money but what they have is a lot of expenses and they don't have a lot of you know uh, systems or leadership or people like me that will share and I'm like and I told him I, I hold both his hands I'm like I can help you we we could do this together 
we can, we'll, we'll get your house paid off. Promise, if you just do what I do two days a week, I can help you. So my last chapter, I, I would say, is legacy for other people. You know, it's not just for me. My kids are great. I've raised my kids right. They have more money than I do, which is awesome. Yeah. Add one more thing, legacy and laughter. That's my last chapter because I want to really oh, smile. And I, I'll tell you, just coming back from EXP, I've been on such a high. I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I've been drinking. I can't even drink because I'm like, hi. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> well, we always have a good time together. And I you I are have, love you. I love you. So I, don't be you know, it's very mutual. It's don't be very mutual. Like you get in your car and I'm in your back seat and go, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I would welcome that. Oh my God. Gail, you are such an incredible spirit. You're an incredible human being. I love your leadership. I love who you are. I love your heart that you have for the world. And I feel so honored to call you a friend. And I am so Thank glad you're in my life. If we say one big fire, one heart, right? So I yeah. love that. That's exactly right. So thank you so much for the conversation today. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for really, really giving those lessons to others on this podcast today. You are an incredible human being. Thank you. Love you so thank much. Thank you. Likewise. And thank you all for listening. This has been the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Mm -hmm.